Everyone, get started. Uh, probably the most dramatic Parsha coming up this week. Uh, so, major Parsha Kisisa. Uh, and it also, it's a, it kind of sticks out, right? Because you're going through the whole Mishkan, uh, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, smack dab in the middle, uh, between Truma Tetzave, take a break, all the drama of Kisisa, Cheta Egel, Moshe breaking the Luchos, uh, Hashem wanting to wipe out the Jewish people, Moshe defending the people, Shabbos, before and after. Uh, so all this drama that's taking place in Parsha's Kisisa, uh, smack dab in the middle. And then next week's Parsha, we go back to Vayakob Akude, which talks about them actually building uh, the Mishkan. Uh, why, the Parsha, why the Torah does that, separate discussion for another time. Um, but we are, we are dealing with all this drama that happened... Uh, it's not chronological. Uh, In this case. No, because uh, really it was Chata Egel. Then Hashem commanded the Jewish people to uh, to build the Mishkan no, afterwards. He, no, he was commanded to build it on Hashanah during the 40 days. All, all the previous parshas were up, still up there. Then he came. And then Hashem said, go down because the people are... Yeah. So you're still up there. Yeah. So first he told them well, he was instructions. St- then there was Chata Egel. And then... So this was the second time that Moshe went up uh, to, to get the Torah. So first he got the Torah, then whatever, first 40 days. Uh, they, sorry, first B'nai Israel prepared themselves for three days, yeah. right? That was in Sivan. Uh, they, received the, they received the Torah. Uh, then Moshe goes up for 40 days. Uh, comes down, so yeah, sorry, this is the first, the first four, 40 days that he... he got the instructions then, and then he came, and then Hashem said, go down because the people are misbehaving, and he went down, and then afterwards, then they built the Mishkan. Uh, so afterwards was even the command to build the Mishkan. So really, Truma no, no, Tetzave, the, the command to build the Mishkan was up top? I always believed it was once it once it came once it came down, and that the Mishkan was a tikkun for the Cheta Egel. Okay, could be. I have to I have to check again. I'll, I'll check and try to get back to you over Shabbos. Um, but um, okay, so we have uh, at the end of 40 days. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is up on Har Sinai, and Hashem tells Moshe, Leich red amcha go down uh, from the mountain, uh, because the, they've become corrupt. The people who I took out of Eretz Mitzrayim, uh, they're going astray from the derech that I commanded them. I commanded them, Right, the very the second, first and second commandment to believe in Hashem uh, and not to have any other gods. And here we go, 40 days later, Moshe hasn't even come down with the rest of the Torah, uh, and they're going astray already. That's what the pasuk says. They've made this ego masecha, uh, this golden calf, and they are bowing down to the golden calf. Why did he wait until it was too late? Why didn't he tell Moshe go down quickly now? Ah, it's a good question, Josh. Uh, You should have sent them down even before it uh, escalated to the point of no return. Like once uh, they saw that the Jewish people were getting nervous already, maybe he should have sent them down. Um, Yeah, and that was actually the the challenge, was that um, the challenge was that they were getting nervous that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming down. If he would have come down 
at the end of the 40 days, they, they, count, they counted the first day that Moshe went up as a full day, uh, but really they weren't supposed to. Uh, and we'll see that, uh, that Chazal, uh, that quotes that they made a mistake in the calculation. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that was part of the, part of the test. Uh, and it's kind of similar because we have Adam Arishon. He also has this kind of chet where he reaches this kind of state of completion. Anytime the Jewish people reach a state of completion, uh, the Yetzirah comes in uh, and tries uh, tricking us or uh, causing confusion. Uh, so we have Adam Arishon reaches a state of confusion. Uh, and the uh, Nachash comes in. Oh no, it would be even better if... Uh, if you ate from the Eitzadas, and that way you'll have inner instincts and inner struggles, and then you'll be able to reach even a closer state of Dveikas Tashem. Uh, and then over here also, B'nai Yisrael reach a state of completion. Uh, and again, we have the, the, the Yetzirah tries creating confusion. Uh, oh no, you're not going to have access to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're not going to be able to live on this highest level forever. Uh, and therefore mess it up for yourselves, right? So Adam Rishon uh, st- reaches state of compu- confusion. Yetzirah says, go mess it up for yourself, right? Uh, now we have the Jewish people reach back to that state of completion. Uh, I believe it's the Zohar who says they reached the same level as Adam Rishon called the Machet, right? They were on that completely pure uh, per- level of perfection. Uh, Yetzirah comes in, got to mess it up for yourselves. Uh, and then we also have Shola Melech, who also reaches a, a state of uh, completion. Uh, and also he had to mess it up for himself with, um, with, with uh, leaving Amalek alive, and he eventually gets demoted. Um, and the Gemara says that he was, uh, he was too perfect. <laughs> Shola Melech. Uh, so you kind of have, uh, uh, and it says anybody who doesn't have skeletons in the closet, uh, then they're, they're not fit to be the leaders of the Jewish people because they can't relate properly. And that's why David Amalek, right, he did all these uh, past things. He wasn't perfect at all. Uh, and he was Zohar to, for the kingship to take over after Shaul. Uh, so we kind of have these states of completion where now we, uh, we kind of self-destruct uh, once we reach the highest levels. Um, and we'll have to kind of talk about that from a psychological perspective, uh, from a Torah perspective. Uh, what a person has to do when they're on a high level in order to uh, to stay on that high level uh, without trying to uh, self uh, self uh, destruct. Yeah, self destruct. Okay. Uh, so, so Hashem says, I'm go down because the people have become corrupt. I've seen these people. They are a stubborn neck nation. Uh, right? Say so the reason why Hashem is upset with the Jewish people is because we're stiff-necked, right? We're stubborn. Uh, no matter what uh, Hashem does, the biggest miracles in the world, right? Uh, uh, doing everything for us, to us, breaking nature. Uh, Hashem could do the most amazing feats, and the Jewish people are like uh, the kid bored at the movie theater with the popcorn, right? Uh, nothing, <laughs> right? All the explosions. Uh, no, nothing can really satisfy us. Uh, we're like, ah, you know, and we're still going to worship other gods, go back to our old ways, no matter how clear Hashem makes it to us, gives us the Torah, uh, shows us his personal care and attention. Through all of that, ah, right, we give a yawn, and we're like, we still want to go back to our old ways. It was more comfortable, right? We serve other, other idols. We get to have a little bit of fun, uh, party, disco. Uh, and so we hold this uh, golden, fa- golden calf festival. 
uh, right? <laughs> Not the kind of festival you want your kids to go to. Uh, so, so we're still machzik, this all came from this stiff neckedness, right? We, we don't take anything in. Uh, everything we see, uh, everything we hear, everything we do, uh, we brush it all aside. Uh, we want to go back to our old ways. That's what's comfortable. Uh, so comfort and, and, uh, and stubbornness is really where the chet comes from. By the way, that's also the technique that, that Moshe Rabbeinu uses to defend the, the Jewish people, right? Because, so when Moshe Rabbeinu is defending for the Jewish people, he's saying, why are you getting upset at the Jewish people? Because they are a stiff-necked nation. So there are many of the Rishonim say, Ki is Belashan Im, even if there is a stiff neck nation, that's Rashi Ramban. Uh, but there's some Rishonim uh, and the Rabag and uh, one other uh, who says that, no, 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 Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that it's Bishchus, that they're a stiff neck nation, meaning you're looking at Hashem, you're looking at it as a bad thing that we're stiff neck, but really it's a good thing because the fact that we're stiff neck means that we're going to be able to survive all the ghosts and hold on to our Yiddishkeit. This is the nation that you want to invest in, right? Because uh, the fact that we're holding back on our old ways. So now when it comes to us now going into Galos, and now there's a, a new environment, we're going to go, once you do ingrain it in us, right, a connection and a relationship with Hashem, Torah and mitzvos, so then we're never going to leave it, right? We're always going to be going back to our old ways, no matter what, uh, you know, new uh, technology, society, what they tell us, uh, all the new trends uh, and styles, uh, we're always going to stick on and hold on to our old ways. This stiff-necked uh, nation, that's what you want to invest in. Because once you do implant it in them, they're going to hold on to it at all costs. And that we, that's what we've seen time and time again. Right? Josephus talks about uh, thousands of Jewish people that were willing to give up their lives rather than, uh, than adopt uh, the new ways, even in the slightest ways. Uh, and throughout history, Jews have literally been giving up their lives. We're never going to change. Uh, right? We're never going to adapt. Uh, maybe we'll adapt Yiddishkeit with the new times, but we're never going to switch it for, the, uh, for what's popular at the new times. Uh, and that's ultimately how uh, we've held so strong throughout these, throughout these years. So Hashem is saying, I want to wipe out the people because they're stiff-necked. This comes from stiff-neckedness, uh, stubbornness. So it's such a case, Hashem was saying, there's no other way to fix it. right? If I've gone this far, literally all out, uh, all the miracles providing for them, every single possible need that they can possibly, uh, possibly have, Plus, all these miracles, time after time, over 250 at the Yam and the, uh, and the 10 plagues, which each one had multiple miracles within it. Uh, so now there's no choice. Leave me to wipe out the Jewish people, and I'm going to make you, Moshe Rabbeinu, into a great nation. i got to start all over, right? I have to hit the reset button, uh, start with um, a plan C. Right? Plan A was for all of humanity to be able to connect with Hashem. Plan B was that uh, when all of humanity, time and time again, they were going corrupt. Now Hashem's like, okay, I'm just going to take one nation, the children of Avram Avinu, uh, and focus on them. I'm going to give them Torah mitzvahs and uh, many more uh, ways to connect with me. Uh, and then Hashem was now planning on moving on to plan C, which was now just to select Moshe Rabbeinu and his children uh, and leave the rest of the children of, of Avram Avinu aside. 
Uh, why? Because after all this that I've done, there's there's no hope. Right? Uh, after all this, they're still going back to Avodah Zarah. Uh, then we have no hope for these people. They're Am Kishay Oref, and I'm never going to be able to drill it into them. Uh, so what does Moshe Rabbeinu uh, respond? Right? Uh, I was once having a meeting with Kirovaz. Uh, he's like, he's asking me all these questions on Judaism. How do we know there's God? Transgender, gay, right? all the all the the hot topics. Uh, and then he's like, <laughs> why are all you? He was a lawyer. He's in law school. Uh, so he's like, why are why are all lawyers Jewish? Right? All the good lawyers Jewish. Uh, so that's a good question. Uh, and the answer really is in this week's parsha, right? Because who was uh, the first amazing Jewish lawyer uh, and the prototype for the Jewish people was Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe Rabbeinu was the ultimate Jewish lawyer defending Kalal Yisrael from Hashem, right? Uh, uh, Hashem was the, uh, what's it called? The pro uh, prosecutor uh, against the Jewish people. Moshe was uh, defending and we were the litigants, uh, right, in court. Uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu makes uh, some really good arguments, uh, and he really uh, sets the tone for us, uh, for the Jewish people. That's why we have so many of us, we love, you know, arguing back and forth, defending uh, with all the arguments, uh, and, to, and it really comes from Moshe Rabbeinu, right, the first Jewish lawyer. Uh, so he says, says Moshe Rabbeinu, Lama Hashem yechara The first argument he says uh, is why, Hashem, are you getting upset at the Jewish people who you took out of Eretz Mitzrayim? Uh, and Rashi explains further, uh, Only somebody who, a Chacham, can only get upset at, at another Chacham. A Chacham, a wise person, is not going to get upset at somebody who's not wise. Right? You're never going to get upset at somebody who you know is not 100%. Right, uh, who has a, I don't know some kind of me- uh, mental condition or something like that? Uh, somebody with autism, right? You're not going to get upset at them because you know that that's their condition. Uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu's first argument was, you know that this is the condition of the Jewish people. This is how we're created. It's in our DNA, uh, and we're lowly at this stage, right? We're coming out of slavery. We're lowly people. Hashem, you're the chacham. How could you get upset at uh, at uh, somebody who's a katan, gibor begibor? Uh, or somebody who is kovish uh, to somebody who doesn't have self-discipline. Uh, so Hashem, you can't get mad at the Jewish people uh, because we're uh, we're not fit. We're lowly people. Hashem, you're on the high level. Okay, so you're going to have to forgive us uh, because you're on a whole different level than us. Uh, and he says, There's a, a great person get upset at a lowly person. Uh, the Gemara Bracha says, Moshe, when it says Vayichal Moshe, what the Gemara in Brachas explains that what uh, what it means is that Moshe Rabbeinu is making the argument that it's chulin, it's uh, it's it's secular, it's um, uh, it's uh, it's not kadosh, it's not on a higher level uh, for you to do this to wipe out the Jewish people. It's not proper for you, Hashem, uh, on your high level, uh, to be upset at the Jewish people. And then, so that's argument number one of Moshe Rabbeinu, right? We're lowly people, Hashem, you're way up there. It's not befitting for you to get upset at the Jewish people. Argument number two that Moshe makes is the Chil Hashem argument, right? Don't do it, it's a Chil Hashem. Moshe, Mosef, Otaina, Allah Chil Hashem. Mosef adds another, uh, another, um, Argument on the Chil Hashem, uh, and he says she yesh b'davar yimichale es am Yisrael lama yomer Mitzrayim because he says lama yomer why should Mitzrayim say lemor berah hotziam laharagosam beharim 
uh, Hashem uh, took them out of Egypt only to kill them in the mountains to wipe them out entirely. Right? So Mitzrayim is going to say, ah, oh, look, they took out this nation and look what it means to have a relationship with Hashem. Hashem just ends up, you know, throwing, throwing them away. Uh, even though, you know, when you look a little bit deeper into it, it's not really what happened. Uh, but uh, Moshe makes this argument that there's going to be this Chil Hashem from all the other people looking on, Venosef Lazos. And then he adds a third argument. Zechor la Avram le Yitzchak ul Yisrael avadecha. Remember, Avram Yitzchak and Yisrael, which is Yaakov Avinu, avadecha, your servants, ukedivrei Rashi, all of the Avos. Uh, and Rashi explains, If they're going to get burnt, remember Avraham, who is ready uh, to burn Yitzchak as uh, Sorry, Avraham Avinu, who threw himself in the fire uh, in Orkastem, right? So if it's Shreifa, uh, Avraham Avinu was willing to throw himself in, a, in the fire. If it's Hereg, which is uh, the sword, remember Yitzchak, he stuck out his neck by that Akedah, he was willing to slaughter himself. Im Galos, and if you want to throw B'nai Yisrael into Galos, uh, which is the third uh, major uh, punishment uh, that uh, unfortunately we're still suffering from. Zechor la Yaakov shegala lacharon. Remember Yaakov, who was nigla by himself to Charon. Uh, he, he went into Galos and Charon, also for your name. Ubikosh od v'inacham mecha, and Moshe Rabbeinu asked further, so uh, placate your your anger from your nation. The kasav Rashi lehitiv lahem alara shachashavta lahem that you should uh, be good to them. Replace your anger with kindness, uh, being good to the Jewish people. And what do we see? That Moshe's tefillos actually worked. Right? He makes these three arguments. Number one, not befitting for you. Number two, chil Hashem. Number three, um, that uh, remember the schus avos Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Uh, and what, uh, what, their fa- what their forefathers did, and because of that, have mercy for the Jewish people. And what do you know? It works, right? Hashem uh, gives the, the gravel hat. Hashem is uh, placated. Uh, he's, now, um, he's now calm and he forgives uh, the Jew. Uh, not yet forgives. That takes another 40 days. And that's the Chiddush of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is when Hashem actually forgave the Jewish people, but for now he was willing to forego his anger. Right? So Hashem was willing to forego his anger. Uh, his anger doesn't necessarily mean anger, it means more the consequence, right? We always have consequences for our actions. Uh, we do an Avera. Hashem set into creation that it has a consequence. So over here, the consequence for the Chet of the Jewish people was that we're supposed to be destroyed. Hashem forgoes that consequence. We'll have to see how that happens. Um, <coughs> Uh, and then, <clears throat> uh, so Hashem forgoes this consequence, and it takes another 40 days for Hashem to actually restore the relationship with the Jewish people, and that's the Chiddush of Yom Kippur, that we can restore the relationship that we had with Hashem after Chet, the same as it was before Chet. Uh, so after a person uh, does an Avera uh, and, and, um, uh, <laughs> and messes up the relationship that they have with Hashem, uh, so they can restore it to the same level that it was, to the same level that it was before. And that's what the, the luchos shniyos signify. You can get the, set, the second set of luchos, uh, which, um, which, which bring the relationship back to how it was before, the first set of luchos. Um, and you can restore the relationship with Hashem to the same level that it was prior. Uh, and through teshuva me'ava, even higher. Because b'makom shabalei tshuva omnem, in a... 
Yeah, so they can go more. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, Rabbi Engram's making a, a good point, even even higher uh, than it was before. Um, so what we're finding over here is that uh, Moshe's tefillos work. Why were his tefillos uh, effective? Yesh lahaven as tefilaso shal Moshe. We have to understand what are these tefilos of Moshe that he was doing. Lama Hashem yechara apicha. Why Hashem are you getting upset? Hashem higdir lo shasiba lachatam. He kashes araf. Hashem already told him. That what's the reason of their, their chet? The Jewish people messed up. Why? Because they're kashis orof, because they were stiff-necked. Hashem was saying that there's no hope that they're ever going to return b'tshuva. If so, how is Moshe Rabbeinu coming with this taina? Well, how is he coming with this, uh, uh, with this um, defending the Jewish people? Hashem, how could you get upset? Moshe Rabbeinu is also giving all these other tainas of Chil Hashem, Schus Avos. What do these have to do with the main issue that Hashem has with the Jewish people, which is stiff neckedness, right? So Hashem is saying the people, they're stubborn, they're never going to change. And Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, oh, don't worry. Why? He gives three reasons. Uh, firstly, because it's not befitting for you, right? Nothing to do with the people not willing to change. It's like it's not befitting for you to get upset with them. Secondly, uh, it's going to be Chil Hashem. Also, nothing to do with the fact that the Jewish people aren't willing to change. And thirdly, Sechus Avos, the merit of the of our forefathers. Again, nothing to do with the Iker Taina, with the main issue that Hashem had with the Jewish people. So what are these three uh, arguments that Moshe Rabbeinu is making to defend the Jewish people? It seems to have nothing to do uh, with the actual issue that Hashem was having with the Jewish people and why he wanted to wipe them out in the first place. What's that? He's deflecting. He's like a lawyer. He's got an argument. He can't <laughs> so he's going elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sam's saying you had an argument you can't win. So what do you do? You deflect. Uh, what? Yeah, you go on a tangent. You bring in side things to try, uh, um, to, try, to try deflecting the judge's attention to something else where you can win. Uh, and through that, uh, to change kind of the mood and, and the attitude that they have. That's a good point. Um, okay, so I, we'll, we'll see what, um, what Moshe Rabbeinu is kind of getting into there. Um, and yeah, it might actually have to do... Okay, we'll, we'll see if it t- all ties in. Uh, so then he brings another, another problem over here. Uh, and this, did he address that before? He said, he said don't look at, at uh, stiff-neckedness as, as a negative. Look at it as a positive. Yeah. So he's already addressed that question. He said, it's not a negative, it's a positive. Yeah. They're going to keep your mitzvahs. Uh, 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 oh, so Philip's bringing a good point. That he already addressed it. He said, uh, So Hashem was already saying that, uh, uh, sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu was already addressing that point. He's saying, that's going to be a good thing in the future. Uh, that was his response to Sheorov. And, uh, and then these three arguments were kind of to, uh, to butter things up a little bit. It's like in judo, you like you use the person's force uh, in your favor to, to knock him down. 
that's Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Hashem was saying, I need to destroy these Jew- the Jewish people because they're stiff-necked nation, they're stubborn, they're never going to change. Moshe Rabbeinu is like, yes, you're exactly right. They're never going to change. That's why you need to keep them. Right? <laughs> so he's like using Hashem. That's exactly uh, why you need to defend the Jewish people and not wipe them out and keep them. Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, says the ultimate, uh, the ultimate lawyer move. Uh, and then I guess the other three arguments would be more buttering it up and, uh, and uh, like an additional, you know, you, you don't stop there, right? You try to bring every reason uh, and then it seems like, oh, from every point of logic, uh, I, need to, I need to defend them. Uh, okay, uh, and so, so we have these three arguments. Then we also have another question which he asks. Uh, and this is probably the one that, uh, uh, the, uh, the question I feel like is, is the most, um, uh, that, that leads us kind of straight to the point. Uh, he says, we also need to understand, Moshe himself, once he comes down, right? So he's spending all this time on top of the, on top of the mountain, uh, and he's telling Hashem, don't get upset at the Jewish people. It's beneath your dignity. It's going to be a chilol Hashem. Uh, we have schus avos. Uh, they're stiff-necked people. These are exactly the people that you want to uh, keep around, making all these arguments. Then what happens? He comes down from the mountain, and he himself gets upset at the Jewish people. He's telling Hashem, don't get upset at the Jewish people. And then what does he do himself? He himself gets upset at the Jewish people. While he's still up at the mountain, he's telling Hashem, why are you getting upset at the Jewish people? Now when he goes down from the mountain, uh, he, uh, he uses uh, this, uh, it doesn't say he actually got angry, but he uses uh, the, the motions of getting angry. He gets upset at them. Right? He smashes down the luchos and this like display of, uh, wow, look what you guys did so everybody can see with their own eyes. This is the, uh, this is the level uh, of gravity of our, of our actions. Okay, that, that what we did dis- destroys our uh, connection point with Hashem, which was signified by the luchos, right? Those are the Tariyag Mitzvot, so our 613 uh, connection points with Hashem. It was a massive gevura, and the Hashem even said, It was a good thing that you broke Rishonos, uh, through this uh, act, he, he lost for Klai Yisrael the level of the Luchos Rishonos, which was on a higher level than the Luchos Shnias, uh, because the second one, it says, Psolacha, uh, engrave for yourselves. And the first Luchos, it says, Maisa Elohim. It was uh, Hashem himself engraved it. So the first one was Hashem himself engraved it. Second one was only Psolacha. We were engraving it. Uh, and therefore, the, some of the uh, commentaries uh, say that there was a different level from the first level to the second one. The first one was Hashem, and when Hashem makes something, it's nitzchi. It's always going to last. All right. So if we would have had the first, uh, the first luchos, we would have been able to hold on to it at a whole different level. Wouldn't have forgot it uh, when we would have learned it, because every quality of it would have been nitzchi, would have been forever. Uh, now with the second luchos, a whole different. Now it's, uh, it comes into the human realm. Uh, where you forget it, and people are arguing about every little thing, uh, and uh, it's going to have many different iterations, but it's going to be kind of the Torah in, hu- in more human form. Uh, so uh, so we, because of Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, great, his display of anger, uh, he ends up breaking the luchos. We lose this level of the, of the first luchos. Uh, what does he do? He grinds up 
the eagle, burns it in the fire, uh, makes everybody drink drink the uh, the waters, uh, the mechita hegel with the dust of the eagle, uh, from uh, to to test them like a sota. Uh, right, he commands uh, Shevet Levi to to wipe out the people, uh, to kill the people who, who that where you have two Edom and Asra uh, that they were involved in Avodah Zarah. Uh, two people that witnessed that they did the Avodah Zarah and warning. Uh, he commands them to wipe him out. So Moshe Rabbeinu also he goes on this. Uh, right, he's very upset at the Jewish people, and he himself carries out the din. He himself carries out the judgment on the Jewish people. So what he's asking over here is this is so two-faced, right? You have Moshe Rabbeinu up on the mountain. Hashem, don't get upset at the Jewish people. Uh, Stiff-necked is really a good thing. And uh, and it's not befitting in Chel Hashem and Zchus Avos. And then he comes out from the mountain and he does the complete opposite, right? He shows how upset he is at the Jewish people. Look what you guys did. Mesota, uh, full full-on judgment, right? He's telling Hashem to be noheg with Midas Chesed, not with Midas Mishpat. And he himself... Is no egg with me that mishpat and leaves the chesed aside. And the that what? find the opposite also because by David HaMelech, right, Hashem gives him a choice of three punishments for the Jewish people. Uh, what does David HaMelech choose? We said every day, uh, we want to fall in the hands of Hashem. We don't want to fall in the hands of uh, another person because Hashem, when he carries out punishment, it's also done with more mercy. Uh, so, in a but in this case, Hashem had no intention. Yeah, Hashem had no intention. Yes, uh, so here it's the opposite. Uh, so there's really, uh, what he's going to say is really going to answer it, that there's two Hanhagas of Hashem. There's called, he's going to say there's Hanhagas springing from the Ramchal and Das Tevunos. There's Hanhagas Mishpat and Hanhagas Yichud. Hanhagas Yichud as Hashem, he's uh, unwavering, unchanged. He's not going to lower himself down to us. Uh, we can do all the chet in the world, uh, right? Be killing each other, and Hashem is uh, unchanged, perfect. Uh, nothing we do is going to matter to Him. Uh, that's Hanhagas Yichud. Then there's Hanhagas Mishpat, where Hashem is exacting on every little thing. He's going to stoop down uh, and get involved in everything, right? Uh, both for uh, for bad and for good. Uh, and He is. He's going to show that every one of our actions have consequence. So there's kind of the unmoved uh, midah of Hashem, uh, and then there's Hashem as he is uh, intricately involved in the world and mishpat, and he needs the exact punishment on everything. Mm-hmm. So Moshe was kind of trying to change Hashem over from this anhagas mishpat of exact judgment. This is what the people deserve. Uh, after all this, right, I can't get them to that stage. Uh, there's no point of me investing further in them. 
uh, and he was trying to switch him over to the Hanhagas Yichod, where Hashem, you said you were going to choose these people, uh, and no matter what we do, can't can't change Hashem in any kind of way. Uh, so that's what he's going to bring over here from the uh, from the Das Tevunos. Uh, so we'll skip a little bit because we're running a, a little bit low on, ta- on time. Uh, so There's two different. Uh, Two different attitudes toward Chet. It's not the, that Moshe was two-faced over here. That Hashem, Hashem was Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to, you know, soften uh, and play play down uh, the the severity of the Chet. Uh, he wasn't trying to tell Hashem, ah, the chet wasn't that bad that the Jewish people did. And then when he comes down to the Jewish people, he's trying to show how bad this chet was. It was terrible. I can't believe you did this. Right? It's not that Moshe was kind of like changing uh, and being two-faced over here. Um, what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing was that when he was up on the mountain, he was changing from Hanhagas. He was trying to change Hashem to Hanhagas Ayichod. And when he was coming down, he was trying to change the Bnei Yisrael to Hanhagas Hamishpat, uh, so that we can know uh, the, how how much our our chatam really do matter. Uh, and he quotes over here from the Ramchal and Das Tevunos. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll kind of uh, skip through a little bit. He says, "Hine kisharotza mishabed ritzona kavayachal lamaisa bnei adam." When Hashem wants, uh, he kavayachal uh, is mishabed himself to the actions of the Jewish uh, of people. And when Hashem wants, he removes himself, and uh, no matter what we do. Uh, he's not going to get bothered, perturbed, no, uh, he's not going to strike us with lightning or anything like that. Not only that, he'll, he can be metiv to whoever he wants. <coughs> and he quotes many psukim. People who I want to find favor in, I'll find favor on, meaning no matter what they do, Hashem is going to be unmoved, he's going to continue to shower them down with chesed, uh, despite them doing uh, maybe the worst of the worst. Hashem doesn't matter, you can't change Hashem. Uh, and then in contrast to that, Hashem has another Hanhaga, Hanhaga Samishpat, where no, every single little thing we do matters, uh, and, uh, and he's going to step in uh, and make sure uh, that the people who do bad are punished, the people who do good are rewarded, etc. There can't be the only two Hanhagas, because you have, if you're talking about Hanhaga Mishpat, you have to talk about Hanhaga's Rachamim as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not the only two, but it's it's two of the modes of yeah. Hashem that he's bringing here from. Well, which are relevant? Okay. Yeah, the the two which are relevant over here, uh, and which the Das Tavunos is talking. I, I I don't know the context of the Das Tavunos, but he's trying to bring a certain context. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll have to go through the whole parak yeah. in order to figure out exactly what context he's saying it in. Uh, but yeah, in, in a certain regard, like a certain context, Hashem has these two elements, and he switches from one to the to the other. Uh, depending on the scenario, and he'll probably talks about what the mechanism is to change Hashem over uh, from one to the other. You also can't talk about changing Hashem. His character or his personality or his essence never changes. Right. The, the, 
never changes, but our behavior down earth must affect the way he reacts to us. Yeah. Uh, so it you, yeah, him, yeah, Phillips. It changes his reaction to us. So okay, so that bug must be the Anhogus Mishpat, because he, if he has to enact judgment, whether it's with Rachamim or not, he has that a reaction to us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's all a reaction to us. And Philip is making a good point that Hashem is unmoved, unchanging, uh, omnipotent, omnipresent. Like right, nothing he does can can uh, change uh, can change him. So he's not that he's changing his mind over here, uh, but he actually set all these motions, meaning he set in place to begin with that when we ask for rachamim, right? He wants us to ask for rachamim. So when we ask for rachamim, then he's going to change his anhaga uh, based on that. Uh, so meaning it was all uh, pre uh, precondition and pre uh, Hashem set that uh, in place to, to to begin with uh, that it should be that way. Um, okay, uh, and he says kochet pogem v'chosem esashpa ruchnius shanachnu mekablem me'ashem. Every chet that we do is pogem. It blemishes the relationship that we have with Hashem uh, and the shefa. Therefore, the blessing, the amount of bracha that we get from Hashem. Uh, the energy that we receive from Hashem, that when we do chet, both uh, the shefa, the, the flow of ruchnius and gashmius gets severed uh, because we destroy our connection with Hashem. Therefore, we destroy also the flow uh, of energy that Hashem is giving to us. And we need that in order to, to survive in a physical way and in a ruchniastic way. Uh, our neshama needs to remain connected to Hashem, uh, and our all of Gashmias also needs to remain connected to Hashem. Everything that we touch, feel, see is all made up of energy. Mass is essentially energy. Uh, what en- energy is uh, Hashem's existence. Uh, so, for order, in order for anything to exist, any kind of reality to exist, it needs to be uh, directly connected to Hashem. When we do chet, uh, we destroy that connection point, and therefore uh, the shefa that we receive from Hashem as well. Um, okay, we're going to have to skip around over here because uh, we're super close on time. It's already 8 o'clock if anybody needs to go. Uh, you're, they, you're, they're welcome to leave at any time. Uh, so he says, uh, but uh, when we look at the histachlos alachet mitzada adam, kisha adam chote be'etzem hu hores olamos shleimim shel kedusha v'zeh ma'sha amar la'am yisra atam chatasam chata gedola. Uh, so what happens was that Hashem was trying to move Hashem over from this one mode that the Dastavunas mentions of Mishpat, switch him and Hashem getting involved in this world, and switch over to Hanhagas HaYichud, uh, the mode of Yichud of Hashem, of oneness, where Hashem doesn't get perturbed or disturbed by anything. And yes, we could do the worst Chatayim, but He's not going to get involved, uh, and he's, which has its good and bad, right? If, if Hashem was always in this mode of Yichud, so then he never punished the Jewish people, but that's like the father and the mother who they, they let their kid party out until 2 a.m., do whatever they want, no consequences, there's no rules, no discipline. So what happens? The kid never, the kid never learns the proper structure of life, how he's supposed to behave uh, and uh, conduct himself. Right? So the same thing, if Hashem's always in Hanhagas HaYichud, uh, so then the Jewish people, hey, oh, no boundaries, no rules, I could do whatever I want. We're never going to be able to live with a higher level of morality uh, to be able to align ourselves with the uh, connection with Hashem and how Hashem himself behaves and really get to where we actualize uh, our full potential and to become who we're meant to be, which is models of Hashem. Right? We're never going to be able to reach that. 
so therefore Hashem has to have Hanhagas Hamishpat where he gets involved and he punishes and sends us reminders on October 7th, etc. Uh, all the calamities that befall the Jewish people. Hashem needs to have these reminders, uh, right? To come back to, to Achtos and Klag Yisrael, etc. Uh, and to, to remind us uh, to connect to Hashem. Uh, and to do something with our lives as opposed to just chilling, relaxing, no consequences, nothing we do, we do, we do really matters. Uh, we need reminders and wake-up calls. So Hashem has to switch over to Midas HaMishpat uh, in order for us to get, so to speak, a proper chinach. Right? Uh, so, so we need that. So, Hashem, so Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to switch Hashem over from the Sanhagas HaMishpat, which yes, is good for us, but in this case, it would have destroyed the Jewish people. Hashem would have restarted. Uh, so now Hashem needed to switch, switch Hashem over. Oh, go to... Go to chilled parent mode, right? <laughs> where the parent, nothing you do really matters. You can speak chutzpah to my face, okay? I'm going to let it pass. Uh, and the parent is showing his strength, right? But the child isn't getting the proper chinuch that he needs, uh, which would be you can't speak that way to, to, your, to, your, fa- to your father or mother, right? So the, the father kind of needs to show that discipline. He needs to show that mishpat. But Moshe Rabbeinu in this scenario was trying to get Hashem to switch over from mishpat, uh, from the discipline uh, and the critical parent over to uh, the Hanagas Ayichod, the unmoved, unchanged parent. Go do what you want. Nothing you do is going gonna, is, is gonna to bother uh, or make me flinch. Uh, so, uh, so when I, so, uh, but, but as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu switched over uh, the, uh, Hashem from Mishpat to Yichod, now he goes over to the Jewish people. And from, for the Jewish people, he needed to switch them over from from Yichud, right? Nothing uh, we do really matters. Uh, to everything we do really matters. So you have to change our attitude the other way. Right? So uh, from the parent, Hashem, <laughs> which is Hashem, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, uh, Hashem had to change, him, had to change Hashem over uh, into the uncaring mode. But for us, he had to switch us into the caring mode, uh, into that discipline mode where every single thing that we do matters. Uh, and that's what Moshe was ultimately trying to, to achieve. There's two outlooks to, to sin, to Avera. How Hashem looks at it. It doesn't do anything. This is why Hashem will forgive the Jewish people. And then you have Heim Chatu When Moshe Rabbeinu comes down, he tells the Bnei Yisrael how severe their Chet is. Moshe Rabbeinu isn't being two-faced. Uh, he's trying to switch everyone over to the proper mode that they're meant to be in. And what he says over here uh, is that what we find is that we can have multiple modes of being uh, within one person. Right? So it could be that our attitude has to change uh, in different ways in response to the very same thing. And, he's, and what he says is you might think it's self-contradictory. Right? So let's say a person does a chet. And in order for him to live with himself and not beat himself up and uh, dig himself in a pit, he has to say, ah, what I did, okay, I understand I'm only human uh, and I have these tendencies uh, and therefore I spoke Lashon Hara or I was chutzpidik or I uh, talked during uh, Chazar Sashat or I uh, (laughs) came late to davening. Uh, or uh, I looked at that uh, non-sneas picture, right? So he, on the one hand, he has to excuse himself so that he, he's able to lo- live with himself. At the same time, if he's always excusing himself, he's going to become chilled, relaxed. He's never going to care. He's never going to improve, right? Uh, and ultimately, he's going to be repeating the same chet over and over and over again and never be like, ah, there's no real, there's no real consequences because he's always excusing himself. 
Uh, so on the other hand, he also has to beat himself up a little bit. No, that's not okay what I did. Right? So he has to kind of be uh, forgiving with himself. I understand where I came from. And at the very same time, to now flip over uh, to the devil's advocate and be like, no, what you did was not okay. I got to improve. Uh, there's no way I can go on living with it like, like, like this. Uh, I need to change my ways, right? So a person needs to have both of those modes uh, within the same uh, mode of being. Uh, and that's what he's saying. Uh, he quotes from uh, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter that the uh, derech in avodas, in avodas hamidos, uh, a person working on his midos, sometimes you have to hold on to two midos, which are self-contradictory. Right? They, they contradict each other. And he says that you can have kavod to yourself, you need to run away. Ah, and I don't want any covered for myself. And then when it comes to covered for other people, oh, I'm so mocked, but on everyone else's cover. Right? So this is self-contradictory. What do you mean? Are humans fit for covered or are they not? Uh, so a person can have to hold himself uh, ice and fire and the same thing, right? Both self-contradictory, but to switch from one mode to another very quickly. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing to Hashem. He's like, ah, chill out. It's not a big deal. And then to the Jewish people, he's like, oh, it's such a big deal, right? Yeah, you need to do tshuva. Uh, what you did was absolutely not acceptable. We need to approve in the future. Uh, so a person needs to be able to, to balance these uh, both modes of being. And this is ultimately the three arguments that Moshe Rabbeinu was making, was trying to switch Hashem from, uh, from Mishpat to Yichod, right? Through Zchus Avos, through Chilal Hashem, through saying it's not befitting for you. Uh, what he was, all those uh, three arguments were three modes of switching Hashem over to the Anagas HaYichon, where you're perfect, you're unmoved, uh, and whatever the Jewish people do, just let it go by. You've already decided that uh, you're going to protect the people, uh, the Jewish people and the merit of their forefathers. So continue on with that decision, right? Don't change it based on our actions now. Uh, be that Anagas HaYichon, be that unmoved person uh, who doesn't stoop down, right? Ein Gadol, uh, Machis uh, a great person doesn't get upset at a at a small person. Why are you going to get upset? Right? Be unmoved, unchanged. Be the Yichud Hashem. But then when he comes down to the Jewish people, Moshe Rabbeinu quickly switches over because for us what we needed was a different message. So Moshe Rabbeinu can switch over the message, even though both are true. Right? We need to hold both within ourselves. We need to have uh, um, radical self-love. Right? And be gentle with ourselves and kind with ourselves and say, ah, what we're doing is enough. Uh, right? And uh, at the same time, what we're doing is not enough. We need to strive for more. Right? So we need to be forgiving with ourselves. Oh, we make mistakes. We're only human. At the same time, to push ourselves further and be like, no, we can demand so much more from ourselves. Uh, and that's kind of the, uh, the yin-yang, the, the two opposites that Moshe Rabbeinu is holding. And this is a huge lesson for all of us practically in our lives. Uh, that in our own lives, we need to be able to hold both of those uh, together. Uh, especially when it comes to danas chavercha, lakav schos, judging other people favorably. You need to judge them favorably, right? Make all these excuses, oh, what he did wasn't so bad. But if you say what he did isn't so bad, so then what you're doing is you're lowering uh, the, the severity of, uh, of doing chet, of doing avera. So if you're always walking around, oh, that person, desecrated Shabbos, not that bad, uh, doesn't do mitzvahs, not that bad, doesn't believe in Hashem, not that bad, right? So now you're being done as chaver chalakav schos, right? Oh, the kav schos, they had reasons why they did all these things. Who said I would have been any different? But what you're doing is lowering the severity of the avera. So now you're like, ah, it's not that bad of a thing, right? Eventually uh, you start heading toward that direction because uh, you're downplaying it. 
but a person has to be able to hold both of these stiras together, right? No, it's not. It's completely not appropriate. It's sheker. Uh, this is not the way um, that the world is supposed to be. Uh, and I'm never to do chet. It's the worst thing in the world. At the same time, oh, that person, he has excuses for what he did, does. Uh, but it's a terrible thing. It's, com- it's complete sheker. Uh, it's completely false. Uh, and that's the mode of being, which Hashem wants us to be in. That's the mode of being that a Moshe Rabbeinu was able to master, switching one mode to the other within the same context. <laughs> uh, so we need to be able to do the same, to be able to hold both sides uh, within ourselves. The severity of the chet, the mishpat, and uh, the, the laxity of, and the forgiving and being, being able to let it go, which is the, the yichud. Uh, everybody. Have an amazing day.